The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading we have done before. This is from Marcus Release's Meditations, Book 6, Chapter 13. And uh, last time I read it, then I was critical of it. Uh, and I, over the weekend, I came across a new, a new interpretation of it, uh, which, makes, uh, which I'm not critical of, and I wanted to, to contrast it. So let me read it and then review what we said last time. Uh, based on my memory, I didn't actually listen to the episode again, uh, and then we'll go over the new understanding. So, uh, Marcus Aurelius says, when we have meat before us and other food, we must say to ourselves, this is the dead body of a fish, and this is the dead body of a bird or a pig. And again, this Falernian wine is only a little grape juice, and this purple robe, some sheep's wool dyed with the blood of a shellfish. And in matters of sexual intercourse, that it is attrition of an entrail and a convulsive expulsion of mere mucus. Surely these are excellent imaginations, going to the heart of actual facts and penetrating them so as to see the kind of things they really are. This is how we should act throughout life. Where there are things that seem worthy of great estimation, we ought to lay them bare and look at their worthlessness and strip them of all the words by which they are exalted. For the outward show of things is a wonderful perverter of reason, and when we are certain the things we are dealing with are worth the trouble, that is when it cheats us the most. So I was critical of this last time because I basically said, like, uh, so I use the example of coffee and, and saying how much I love coffee. And uh, I had read this article where uh, where someone was, uh, the author was was applying this teaching and said, oh, coffee is just hot bean juice. And uh, what I was what I was bothered by is like that really seems to negate the entire subjective experience of 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 these pleasures. You know, like, yeah, in, in reality, it might be hot, hot bean juice. And this might be the dead body of a cow that uh, that I'm eating. But like experientially it's 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 coffee and it's steak you know and it tastes great and so it felt like a dishonest type of um uh type of approach where you're denying your actual emotions and if there's one thing that you know Michelet tells you and that psychology tells you is is a uh, you know denying your emotions and suppressing them and pretending they don't exist is not a uh, winning strategy so I uh, I was very perplexed by it. Again, you can listen to the episode, and and if I said something that was uh, worthwhile, then you know remind me. <laughs> I just haven't listened to it again. So, but then I recently got a bunch of books by this uh, this author Ryan Holiday uh, about Stoicism, and one of the books I got is called The Daily Stoic. 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living. And I got this because you know I I read from the Stoics every morning. And usually I, you know, I have my Stoic books in the bathroom and usually I'll just pick one up and then read from something the night before, choose what I want to talk about the next day. But then sometimes I'm just not in the mood to go through and choose something. And I was thinking, oh, well, this book, you know, highlights one, um, one passage every day. And, uh, and if I'm lazy, I could just read that, you know, and make my episode about that. So on April 24th, the reading on April 24th was this reading from Marcus Aurelius. And this is what Ryan Holiday writes. He says, uh, so he, you know, he quotes the, the, the passage. He says, there is one Stoic exercise that might well be described as contemptuous expressions. Stokes use an almost cynical language as a way to dismantle some of the fanciest or most coveted parts of life. Marcus's joke about sex. Why would he say something like that? 
Well, if you take a second to consider sex in such an absurd light, you may be less likely to do something shameful or embarrassing in the pursuit of it. It's a counterbalance to the natural bias we have towards something that feels really good. We can apply the same way of thinking to a lot of things that people prize. Consider that envy-inducing photo you see on social media. Imagine the person painstakingly staging it. What about that job promotion that means so much? Look at the lives of other so-called successful people. Still think it holds magical power? Money, which we want more of and are reluctant to part with. Consider how covered in bacteria and filth it is. That beautiful, perfect person you're admiring from afar, remember that if they're single, other people must have dumped them at some point. There must be something wrong with them. This exercise won't turn you into a cynic, but it will provide some much-needed objectivity. So that's a different take than what I had. I I thought that Marcus Aurelius was suggesting that we we uh, you know when he said that you should uh, this is how we should act throughout life. Um I thought he meant as a as a matter of course, you know, like you should always do this. But the way that Ryan Holiday is interpreting it is that this is a technique that we should specifically use to counterbalance the the fantasies uh, that we attach to these things, you know, and what it reminded me of is Epictetus's discourses, which I've also quoted before here. This is in in uh, book two, chapter eighteen. He says, "In the first place, do not allow yourself to be carried away by the intensity of your impression. Uh, impression being a, a Stoic uh, term for for you know uh, some sort of imagination uh, or fantasy." But say, impression, wait for me a little. Let me see what you are and what you represent. Let me test you. Then afterwards, do not allow it to draw you on by picturing what may come next. For if you do, it will lead you wherever it pleases. But rather, you should introduce some fair and noble impression to replace it and banish this base and sordid one. And then similarly in, in uh, the Enchiridion, in the handbook, uh, uh, chapter 20, he says, Remember that the insult does not come from the person who abuses you or hits you, but from your, your judgment that such people are insulting you. Therefore, whenever someone provokes you, be aware that it is your own opinion that provokes you. Try, therefore, in the first place, not to be carried away by your impressions. For if you can gain time and delay, you will more easily control yourself. So what... Ryan Holiday is suggesting is really that this is Marcus Aurelius's technique of contemptuous descriptions is is a method of implementing what Epictetus said, which is to guard yourself against getting carried away by impressions. So it's not that you should do this all the time. Like if you are enjoying your coffee, you should enjoy your coffee, right? But if you find yourself in the grips of of getting entranced by a particular pleasure or something like that, then you can use this method of contemptuous uh, uh, characterization, contemptuous description, I forgot what he called it now, um, to uh, to kind of like diffuse or puncture the pristine fantasy and maybe weaken the the draw towards it. And, you know, I um, if it weren't so late at night uh, and I if I <laughs> wanted to record this tomorrow, I would um, uh, I would look uh, for I would try to find uh, an actual source in, the, you know, in in, in Torah texts. Uh, to support this, but what actually comes to my mind is something that Rabbi Moskowitz used to do. Is I remember um, it might it might have actually been during an Olympics, if that makes sense. I'm not sure, but Rabbi Moskowitz has applied this to uh, to other um, sports uh, things also. That like you know people make a big deal about athletes, and they say that like you know like a uh, basketball player or a golfer or a baseball player like is such a you know people admire these people and he says well what are you doing when you're 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 playing basketball you are taking a, a, a an object and like throwing it into a net like that's it you know and when you're playing golf you're taking a metal stick and hitting a uh, an object into a hole you know and 
And then what he would do, and I, I wish I could convey this on the, on the podcast, which I can't, is if you ever see me in real life, ask me to do the Rabbi Moskowitz finger thing. He would move his fingers, uh, he would hold both hands and move his index fingers in and out and in and out in a synchronized manner. Um, and, uh, and say like, basically, this is what the athletes are doing. Uh, and he would, you know, and, uh, and, and say like, they're, they're just taking one physical motion and just perfecting it, you know, uh, and, uh, and everyone attaches all this glory to them, you know, now, as you can imagine, if he said this in high school, this would make all the athletes used to make all the, the athletic kids very, very upset because obviously they, they are attaching more importance to this. They are doing stuff, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're learning teamwork and like discipline and all this other stuff. But I don't think that was Robin Moskowitz's point. His point was to puncture the fantasy of the athlete, you know, the, that the athlete is worthy of admiration. And he was saying, are they, I mean, they've coordinated, they've trained themselves to coordinate a body part to do something in a very, very precise uh, measured way, you know, and that's all they're doing. So he was using this this method of contemptuous um, uh, uh, characterization to puncture the fantasy. And again, I, I don't have a offhand. I'm 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 I I, there, I know there must be uh, psukim in, in Mishle and Kohelis that uh, that that utilize this, but I'm I'm not thinking of any at the time. And I'm too tired because uh, I'm recording this at night. So. Uh, that is it for today's episode. Uh, if you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for making... Oh, I almost got it. For supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone. And I guess I want to end off with one more message as well, which is that, um, that you know, I, I follow Mortimer Adler's I try to follow Mortimer Adler's approach in terms of reading the great books, which is to let the author speak for themselves, you know, and um, and I'm not, you know, when I read Marcus Aurelius's uh, passage here last time, I came up with my own interpretation. And then, uh, you know, I saw this other interpretation and realized that I was, uh, I don't know if I was wrong, but I certainly was missing something. You know, I, I certainly was not the only way to read it the way that I read it. And, um, and so I, th I think it is a, a good pattern, you know, to uh, let the Stoics speak for themselves, but then, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, learn from the people who, who spend their whole lives studying the Stoics and maybe get a different perspective. So I just learned that lesson uh, from this episode.